Hi! Welcome to Compassionate Journeys, conversations about home care and hospice. This is Cindy Cantrell, and today I am joined by wound ostomy nurses Marianne Barry Ravani of Hallmark VNA and Rachel Sacco of Melrose Wakefield Hospital. And thank you both very much for joining us. And thanks for having us. So today we are going to talk about um, some very basic things ileostomies and stomas and things that people might have vaguely been aware of and might not know exactly what they are, but everything is extremely important and um, a diagnosis might come either for yourself or a friend or family member and you might want to, to learn about it very quickly. And I feel like that's in your entire job where people might get something, um, a diagnosis or have a procedure and they might be a little bit shell-shocked and need some help right away. I'd love to please, if you wouldn't mind starting off by just letting us know kind of what people need to know immediately from you <laughs> and um, you know what you tell them. First of all, I'm Marion and this is my coworker, Rachel, my partner in crime. Um, I think the biggest thing is like, does, what is an ostomy? Yeah. An ostomy, you know, it's an opening in the organ of the body where it protrudes usually from the abdomen. You know, why do people have ostomies? Um, cancer is a big one. Yeah. Diverticulitis, bowel blockage, birth defects. Um, there are multiple, multiple reasons. You know, there are ileostomies, there are colostomies, there are urostomies. And a urostomy comes from the uh, bladder. You know, maybe someone had their bladder removed of a um, bladder cancer. So there's a lot of different reasons why. So we just wanted to explain what it is and what happens in a in a great case scenario the patient would meet with the doctor and the doctor would you know tell them what was going on and then refer them to rachel here at the hospital and rachel would do her tricks and mock the stoma which is so you know if someone comes in emergently yeah. or so they come in with abdominal pain or they burn syndrome, they find that there's some sort of um, issue they need to go to the operating room and then they need a, an ostomy. They have to make sure that the ostomy is placed in the best possible location. But if someone's lying flat on the table in an emergency situation, that always can't be, you know, like appreciated. So when I see a patient beforehand, if it's, you know, what's the best case scenario, I look at their abdomen sitting, lying, standing, you know, I kind of help the doctor position that where the patient will be able to see it so they can actually take care of it better um, and have more success. And I also, I think it's important for them to meet with me beforehand so they have a funny, not a funny, well, sometimes I can be a familiar face, right? <laughs> they know me after surgery. It's, it's a very traumatic, even when they know, and I always say, even when people know that this is kind of like last case, yeah. scenario where they need this they still never want it um so so that's what i do so i mark stomas um so then my job is you know in an ideal situation meeting with them beforehand talking to them and then when i see them post-operatively it's the beginning education i always say that you know we're all different right and people sometimes have a hard time even looking at it and touching it and, and mm -hmm. uh take care of it is a big obstacle for them, even like emptying it or, you know, all the things are involved and they get overwhelmed by that. And I think too, 
um, actually a stoma itself. I mean, what is a stoma? You know, it is a piece of your intestine. And I always try to say to the patient, you know, I want to talk to you in layman's terms. I don't want to be disrespectful. So please take what I say carefully. You know, and I say to someone that your, your plumbing has been rerouted. Yeah. You know, the way that you used to go to the bathroom and get rid of your, your stool is different now. It's coming through your abdomen. So what we do, like um, Rachel said, she marks the patient exactly or the best place for the patient to be able to care of the stoma. So the piece of intestine is brought out through the abdomen and it almost looks like a hose and it is turned down like you would turn down a turtleneck sweater mm-hmm. and the skin is sewn into the abdomen. So it's nice and stationary and it looks really like a strawberry. It looks like a red bud sticking out and what they call, they make an opening in that, which is called an os and that's where the effluent comes from. So our job is really Usually right after surgery, this stoma, this red strawberry sticking out of the abdomen is usually lodged in the dermatis. So what we want to do is make sure that the right size appliance is on that patient. And by that, we use, it's usually a wafer. And we want it to stick. We want it to hold on firmly to the abdomen. We mm-hmm. want it to be comfortable. We don't want it to choke the stoma. Yeah. Um, it will shrink down in size. So Rachel and I teach the patient, you have to measure it with a measuring guide. Another really important thing is that you wanna make sure the skin around this stoma stays nice and clean because but like an infant, you know, if, if an infant has a bowel movement in that diaper and that patient and the child stays in the diaper for a long period of time, there's going to be chafing, there's going to be skin breakdown, there's going to be irritation, there may be chance of an infection. So we want to make sure the right appliance is on that patient and that they know how to measure it. But Rachel has the great job of, okay, she's the first one they see, so she has to make sure at least they can empty it before they leave. So, Which is a challenge sometimes because, you know, I always tell my patients, I, I understand that not only are you dealing with this new ostomy you're also recovering from surgery so you're uncomfortable you're in pain you're processing all of this information so i try and see them every day and if it's just like this is a social call i just want to like say hi just so they know that i'm there if they need me um but yeah my goal is to have them at least able to empty the pouch when they leave the hospital and me and marion are, are really good because we'll like collaborate and talk um like I'll, I'll bring her in and say, hey, you know, I have this patient. I'm going to send them to you, what I've done. So they, and they know that when they leave the hospital, that they've already got someone that they can, that's on their side, that they can like now, like, we're kind of, I'd say pass the baton to her. So it's worked out really well. It's been like a good, good situation. And when we talk about something fitting securely, this is the wafer. And this is the stoma here that comes out. So we want to make sure that the stoma is fit snugly around this opening. And we just kind of give the patient the basic understanding. You know, this you can call this a pouch, you mm-hmm. can call this a bag. You know, it has to be empty. Everything has to stay clean. So it's really Rachel's job in the hospital to make sure that they can at least independently empty this appliance before they leave here. Yeah. And a 
in the perfect situation to be able to change the whole appliance by removing it from the abdomen. And you also teach them how to wash it, clean yes. it. Yes. So I, I like I it, I try not to overwhelm them. Like so, there's a lot of like you know there's these products that are kind of like the the essentials, so to speak. That like they have to have these. But there's a lot of accessory products that they might need or might not need. And usually early on, they don't need them. So I don't want to overwhelm them with all this information. So I try and keep it real simple, keep it very uniform, consistent. So like we work on a task. I don't want to have like throw all these two different tasks at them. So then they're overwhelmed. It's like one task. Let's work on this consistently. And I always say to these patients, Utilize us. We're here 24 7 to help you. The more you can do for yourself while you're in the hospital, the better you're going to be long term. Whether or not they buy into that at this point, it's, it's, it's individual, you know, it depends on the person. And I think part of it too is some people may have difficulty with vision, so it's hard for them yeah. to mm-hmm. work with the appliance. Um, and it all depends too where. Um, the stoma is placed. I mean, some people are very large. Some people have large abdomens. Some people have sunken in abdomens. You know, so not only are we working with their medical concerns, we're working with their with their social concerns. They're psychological. You know, uh, is someone going to smell me? Um, am I going to be able to change this by myself? Am I going to be able to go back to uh, out to dinner? Am I going to golf? Or am I going to swim? You know, a young person, I can't imagine a young man or a woman, in, you know, that's starting off in their maturity and in their life. You know, I mean, they want to have, you know, a, a sexual experience too with a, you know, and I, and I think that's really, really difficult. How do you accept that right there and then? So, and then there's too, like, you know, cultural backgrounds. People from different cultures, I mean, like, this is dirty. This is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, body image is really, really a, a big deal. And some people are fortunate enough that it's only going to be a temporary ostomy. Yeah. So, you know, we know that, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But for some unfortunate people, you're going to live with this for the rest of your life. So, you know, so our biggest thing is education, emotional support, getting them the products they need, teaching them how to order supplies. Rachel's great about sending a patient back to me uh, with supplies to get them started. And then when I take the baton from, from her, that's when the stoma usually starts to change a little bit. So we may have to go to a smaller appliance. We may have to use something like a hernia belt because sometimes what happens after surgery is the abdominal muscles get very, very weak and people start getting a hernia. You know, mm-hmm. that it's an outpouching of the abdominal wall. That that can also happen. So, okay, so what products do you need for that? How do I go about ordering my supplies if I am going to have this for a long period of time? So that's something else we take into consideration. Are they going to be able to do that by themselves? You know, who is involved? Who is willing and able to help you? Some people are just so offended by the whole thing that they won't mm-hmm. even look at their stone. Oh. Yeah, and I, you know, I read this great quote, and I forget where or who it says, so it escapes me, but that self, like, participation in, in an activity is a sign of self of acceptance, and they kind of go hand in hand. And um, 
it is very for people. I mean, it's totally like, you know, it's, it, it just, I mean, but again, like, you know, you, this, this could be the gamut. You have your patient that comes in with abdominal pain, they find out that they've got colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So now they're dealing with a cancer diagnosis. They're dealing with all that involves. Their life has been turned upside down. And then we have the patients that come in with the diverticulitis, which is an inflammation of those diverticulum in your on your bow in your bowel. Not as ominous as an issue. So then you know. So it, it depends. Like you know. But then you have those cancer patients who come in and they handle things graciously. And it's not to say that that's worse or better than anybody else. It's just. But by human being, by being human, we're different. Yeah. And I think too, it goes along with it too. If someone has an ileostomy, their whole diet has to change. Yes. Mm. You know, so that's a lot of diet teaching that we have to do too to make sure that they're not going to end up with a blockage. And people with a ileostomy, and that is where the bowel is cut. So it all depends. You know, if it's the bowel is cut in one area, if it's an ileostomy, it's cut in another area, if it's a colostomy. So we have to teach people with an ileostomy the importance of hydration because they can get so, they have a real fluid imbalance, which is can be very scary and they can end up in the hospital and need IV um, intervention. Yeah. Cindy, I think we lost you. There you are. <laughs> no, I'm just learning a lot, actually. <laughs> um, so I mean, would, diet, hi- hydration, yeah. cleanliness. Yeah. Um, would you mind so talking a little bit more about too about maybe body image and maybe why it's so difficult for people to? Um, I can see how it would be so overwhelming all of that, um, but for the people for the people who maybe have a hard time looking at it and feeling like you know accepting it or feeling like this is my reality now and moving on, um, you know maybe this the strategies that you use to to make them feel more comfortable. Um, because you've both been doing this so long, you, you probably have great ways of doing it. Well, I think that what what I what I impress upon people is is people want to feel normal. Yeah. And I think I, I impress upon them that you know this is like any life changing event. It becomes part of your everyday, then mm-hmm. it becomes your normal. Um, you know, and it's about accepting that change on a daily basis and not looking too far ahead because I think that when we look too far ahead. It can get us in the and not so much such a good place emotionally. Yeah. Um, so I think that yes, it's good to plan. It's good to prepare. It's good to have like you know all that information that you need. But also we need to just scale it back and say, let's just tone it down and take it down and and, and learn these little things. You know. And I think part of my is, you know, this is a grieving process. Yes. Yeah. You know. It, it, this is a loss. Yeah. You know, it may be a loss of your independent. It's a loss of your body image, you know, so grieve it, mm-hmm. you know, um, as with any loss, you have to grieve this. You can be mad. You can be angry. Mm-hmm. You, you can be upset and you can have your moments and you can have maybe, you know, a day, but you cannot live like this. Yeah. It, you don't have a choice here. It's either do you want to learn to live your life again or do you want to just lay down and die and life go on without you? And sometimes, and I do try to put myself in that situation. I had a brother and a sister both had ostomies. And my, my sister's issue really was more, she had an ileostomy, so it's more with leakage. And it's like, you know, being able to go out 
you know, we do teach them about, you know, different kinds of um, clothes that they can wear that may shape it different. Hmm. There is special underwear out there now that helps um, people, you know, hide it, both for men and for women. Okay. You know, there are ostomy covers that people make that we introduce that to. You know, we give them the information about this underwear. Um, or like I had a gentleman who is in a band. And I got him the information he needed to support that ostomy appliance. And he's out playing in the band again. Yeah. So everybody is different, every situation, how they handle it. But grieve it, grieve it. Yeah. Accept it and try to move on with it. And sometimes it's going to be easier than others. You know, and I, you know, we just try to give them the information that they need. To foster, to foster independence, to yeah. live their life as best as they can. And I think for the most part, from our, from the people that we've shared, they, they have done okay with yeah. that. They have. Um, we introduce them to support groups. Yep. You know, we talk to other patients and say, gee, I have somebody. You know, do you think that would be possible? Would you just, would you call them? Who would they call you? And, you know, because like going to Weight Watchers or Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. you don't know what it's like until it happens to you. So sharing that experience with someone else that's in the same boat makes a big difference. Can you talk about maybe some of the topics that are raised in the support groups? Maybe some of the, I mean, we've we've touched on a few of them, certainly, um, because I, I think you're right. It is important to give people permission to grieve and to validate that. And, but then also to give them hope, but I'm sure that there are going to be questions and concerns for as long as they have it. Maybe things that come up that they're not even expecting or, oh, can I do this? Or can I do that? Or, um, or even friends and family, can I invite them to do this or that? Or would this make them uncomfortable? Um, well, I think a lot of people now want to experiment with different products. Okay. So oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they experiment with different products, especially now with YouTube. Yeah. You know, and there's so much out there on the internet. Um, but when I first started going to the ostomy support groups, the biggest thing was um, if they had an accident. Mm. So what we do is say, okay, you, we're going to give you a little going away bag. And in that going away bag, you are going to carry this and mm-hmm. you're going to carry everything that you need to yep. get yourself into a restroom to get yourself cleaned up and ready to go. So we make sure that they have a little going away bag. And of course, for traveling, we always tell them, you keep your ostomy appliance with you when you carry on. Yeah. That doesn't get shipped anyway. Right. <laughs> um, but in the support groups that I went to, was more about diet. Mm-hmm. What do I do about leakage? Can I go swimming? And can I play golf? Those, yeah. Were, yeah. those were kind of the big things that I've heard about. But now moving on, I hear a lot of people saying, Oh, I saw this advertised. Hmm. Do you think it's okay if I try this? And our thing is, you want to try it? We call, we give you the number, call these different companies, and they're great. The companies that we use are awesome because they'll send out a, a couple of supplies to try this because there's, there's pouches that are opaque and they're transparent, and we have one piece and we have two piece and we have Velcro closures. I mean, we go the whole gamut here. We, we like accessorizes. Uh, is that new or has that been for a long time? Or is there just more product awareness and, and more availability now? I think both. I yeah. think that, you know, I think that things are definitely 
multiplying, mm -hmm. you know, as far as availability. And I think our mode of obtaining these products is, has, is yeah. definitely multiplied too. So I think it's just a huge awareness of like different things like, you know, so I think both. Yes, sure. not, it's not like way back when, when I went in to see this older gentleman and he had the bottom, here's the pouch, the bottom of the pouch all tied up in an elastic. Oh, gosh, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but I think younger people are more aware and they are more in tune with their disease and they, how they want to dress and how they want to look. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're always investigating new things. Yeah. So I wonder how we can get that information to them and if, we don't have it. I call Rachel. Rachel calls me. We call a company. We make it work. Yeah. yeah. It seems like you do have a great collaboration and a great relationship with each other and a great positivity, which I think is is the key, especially if somebody, like you said, has just had a, a terrible diagnosis or an outcome that they weren't expecting or don't want and are having a hard time accepting. Um, I think that positivity is key. And so I hear that from both of you, which I think is, is so great. And I, I bet that is transferred to the patient. Um, Cindy, what's funny is Rachel will call me and say, Marion, I have so-and-so. Oh, I just love this patient. And I say, Aww. Rachel, is there any patient you don't love? Is there <laughs> any patient you don't love? Oh, you're going to love them. She says, you're just going to love them. And after I, you know, it's like, and then I might be at the patient's home and I'll call Rachel and I'll say, Hey, you know, I have Rachel on the phone. Oh, hi, Rachel. You know, you know they, so like, here's the thing, right? They need you at a time in their life oh. when they're most vulnerable and they yeah. need that positivity. Yeah. And I, you know, I try to, and Marion, like, you know, mm -hmm. like, we try to, and, like, what's the word? Like, emote, like, like, just emote that or whatever the word, you know, like, to try and just be like, you know, this is, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna get this. Like it may not be like tomorrow. And I think the key thing, and that's why these these podcasts are so important, because this isn't just about the patients. We need the positivity to come from their friends and family. That they're not afraid about it. That they can have people that aren't like looking at them like there's something wrong with them. That yes. they understand that there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Right. And they, yeah, they, accept, like, they accept it too. Because yeah. that's important for the person, especially a partner, husband, yes. a wife, yeah. a roommate. I mean, because, you know, we're going to have accidents. We're going to have a messy bathroom periodically. Sure. And, but, I mean, what's great, I really find, is Rachel introduces the patient to me before I meet the patient. Yeah. The patient trusts her already because of the care that she has given them. Sends them home with what they need. Then I go in and go, oh, yeah, Rachel sent me. Oh, Rachel. So it just yeah. makes it. They felt so highly of Rachel, and and I do. If I have God forbid, I need an ostomy or I need a nurse. This is the girl. She is with me. She's an outstanding nurse, and she's a real caring person. And I yeah. I feel blessed to be able to work with her. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I uh, you know me and her have been nurses a long time. Yeah. And. Um, it's just, it's an honor to take care it of these is. people. I think, you know? I, think I, I feel blessed that I found yeah. something in nursing that I absolutely love. Like, yeah. that I feel like we have passion for it. Yeah. You know? I can we see that. These people, you know, to live their life as independently as possible. Yeah. You know, to move on to the best of their ability, you know, and okay, you're going to be okay. You know, and 
let, let's see, just put one foot in front of the other and do the best you can. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna be okay. And I, and I said to them too, it's like, throw something at me, throw me a scenario. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Oh, Tell that's me. so important. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I bet they share things with you that they're afraid to even say out loud that they probably so would never. You know, like, let me, let me have mm -hmm. it. Talk to me. Tell yeah. me you're afraid. You know, and I always, my mantra, one of my mantras is what happened in the bathroom before happens <laughs> in there again. So yeah. mm -hmm. up in there, I, so they want, again, to go back to normalcy. Yeah. They want to be, they want to feel normal. Yeah. Life is throwing them a curveball and they want to get back to who they were. Yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, but then, there is life after an ostomy. There's life. And yeah. I think that is what we have to say. There is life. You know, we will help you get through it. We yeah. will help you. And it is just doing things a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Like if someone became a diabetic, they yeah. have to learn to like monitor the blood sugars, eat certain things. If mm -hmm. like it, if there's a host of things that like life throws at us. Amputation. Yeah. An amputation. Yeah. Uh, like, what, you know, anything like, you know, like, the, the, the unfortunately the possibilities are are, are limitless yeah. you know and we try and, and be like you know what this is as as, as life-altering as this is to you it's not going to always feel like this you know it's not going to always have that intensity of emotion it's going to it's going to let that vice is going to let go and let go and let go it's funny when you go first mm -hmm. go in it's one thing and then, then a couple of weeks down the line it's like I can't believe I'm doing this. Right. You, were, you, were, you, were, you were right. You were actually, it's like, yeah, I know. I'm always right. I tell my <laughs> husband I'm always right. But it's like, they feel so like, oh my God, they, they just conquered Mount Everest, you know? Yeah. And they have. To them, they have. And they yeah. have. Yeah, they won't press them on Mount Everest. You know, they definitely have. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, interesting role to be in because you're performing a task, mm. but you're also, I think, equally as important as, as dealing with what's going on upstairs in the mind, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think the medical system and our current system is just so overwhelmed and overburdened mm. for obvious reasons I won't even mention that it's just, I think people get lost in the shuffle and we want them to know that like, you know, if, there's someone out there that really cares about yeah. you and it's going to help you. Yeah. 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 It sounds like, yeah. I mean, with so much of nursing, but it sounds like such a privilege to care for these patients because they, like you said, they're so vulnerable um, and they, they need you and you have very specific information that they can't get anywhere else. And, and you instantly improve their quality of lives. It must be incredibly rewarding. I mean, like I had a patient last week and I, I, I said, listen, I go, you've got to work with me here. You're leaving soon. I said, you yeah. know, you got to like start emptying this. I go, what are you going to do when you get home? Yeah. She said, I, I'm yeah. going to pay somebody. I said, they're not with you 24-7. I go, what about when you go out to dinner? She looks at me and she goes, you are funny out to dinner. I go, yes, go out to dinner. Yeah. You're going to live a normal life. Aww. You're going to be yes out to dinner. Thought I was funny because I said that, you know. You know that um, raises a good question, actually. So, what happens if somebody goes home and feels like, "Oh, I'm emptying my bag," you know, in front of Rachel, I'm doing okay, and then they get home and feel like, "Oh, I just forgot everything that I just learned," and what what's happening? 
Usually okay. it does happen mm-hmm. because your hospital stay isn't too long. Yeah. And the thing is, like we just we talked about the emotional and yeah. the physical and all that. You're tired, you're overwhelmed, you're disgusted, you're depressed. Sure. All and of that, like, yeah. So and Rachel pain. does all yep. of that. And then they get home and go, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't remember. So yeah. it's like, all right, sure. first things first. Yep. So this is what we do. And we're fortunate enough. I work with another uh, fellow who is a wound osteomenorist. And, you know, usually it's he or I, Tim or myself, that see these osteomy patients when they go home. And and he's a gentle soul. And Mm. he, you know, teaches patients the same way that we do. So we're kind of all on the same page. But we do let the patient know there's a nurse on call 24 hours a day. You know, and the most important thing is even when you're covered with poop here, You know, I mean, there's someone that can walk you through this and like Tim or myself would be out there. The office would call or the on-call nurse would send a message to the office and try to get one of us out there first thing in the morning. You know, we we try. But yes, accidents are going to happen. And in the beginning, they're going to be more frequent than not. Yeah. um, And we do try to get a family member involved. Even like, okay, you might be leaking, but is there some sort of like a, a, a special tape that we might have that can you put this on just to get the sh- through the morning? Yeah. Something in the case like that. Yeah. We try to have some backup plan. Yep. Sometimes the backup plan needs a backup plan. <laughs> that's what happens. Oh, yeah. That's right? a good no, metaphor for all know, of life. What do they say, Cindy? Poop happened, you know? <laughs> and it does. Trust me, it, it's happened on my sneakers. It's happened on my sneakers. It's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, that is a good metaphor, I think, for all of life. <laughs> Even for people who don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Nope. True. Thank you. This has been so informative. I've really learned a lot. And I think that anybody listening to this, I think, will and also just be more empathetic and and hopefully more positive as well. And thank you both for all of your time and for the work that you're doing to help patients and the entire community. Well, it's our pleasure. Yes, thank you so much thank for so taking much. the time and the interest because it, it, yeah. ostomies are a fact of life. Absolutely. And, you know, so we get the word out there to try to help people in any way shape or form that we can you know that's great yeah well thank you both i appreciate your time thank you so much our pleasure take care cindy thank you